groupings, including the Anglican, Methodist and Catholics, have briefed the media about marginalization along racial lines. This follows events at the Pretoria Girls High School this week. They also outline solutions to the problem. We're joined on the line by the Secretary General for the South African Council of Churches, Bishop Malusi Umpulwana. Thank you very much for your time, Bishop. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you for your call. So before we identify the solutions, what exactly is the problem? The problem that the the bishops have identified is that we have a a, a history that has not been dealt with of of marginalization, of racial suspicion and lack of trust. Uh, We have a situation in the the, the former uh, model city schools where black children arrive and have to leave their culture and their identity at the gate uh, in order to fit in. And, and, and the white children don't have to give up anything. It's, it's their environment. So what has not changed, the schools have not become a place where all races learn how differently to be South African. And that's what we're saying. It is not just a problem of the schools. It's also a problem of the churches. We identify that, in fact, even in the inner city churches, which were previously very white, have all gone black because the white South Africans simply move out. And we are experiencing this in our churches. We are seeing it happening in the schools. In fact, Bishop Slatsbury of the Catholic Church was saying that some of the schools in the city of Swane used to be all white. There's not a single white child in those schools because they've all walked out. So there is a need, therefore, to work at ourselves and accept that there is a responsibility at the socialization level in the family, which the churches are working with, in the schools, in the public media, radio and television, to really work at the whole area of healing and reconciliation. And this is part of what the South African Council of Churches are committing to, through what we call the South African Pray For, which includes a program on healing and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So what the churches are offering here is to say, let's help create the spaces to walk alongside the teachers and the pupils together with the Department of Education, to make sure that we can create the environment that can transform the schools into places of growth for a different South African. Bishop, I I hear you talking about that we need to engage, we need to sit closer to each other, and and I think perhaps we we just need to listen more. But, but, you know, you can probably hear that there are South Africans out there who disagree. They're rolling their eyes right now, Bishop, as you talk about this. So how do you convince those who disagree with you that this is an issue – because they say, look, we've signed a code of conduct around hair policy, around our appearance for years. I was subjected to it. Many of us were. So why is this an issue now? It is an issue because uh, it, it, it cannot remain unattended because it was there in the past. It cannot remain unattended because we're not, we, we should not get used to it. We realize that South Africa had its great uh, transition in 1994. We had there the political transition, but we never really dealt with the socialization issues. We never dealt with building a society that would, there isn't a common South African thing that needs to be done. You know, it just so happens that the hair issue is, a, is actually interestingly uh, is significant because it is all about the identity. And South Africans were separated racially on the basis of hair. I mean, you know the story of how they'll put a the pencil test, they'll put a pencil through your hair. If the pencil does not fall, then you are degraded because that means you are of a lower grade mm-hmm. human being. Even amongst the colors, so-called, you would have the cape colors and what were called the other colors. They were reduced because of the hair. 
So the hair issue is actually quite a significant identity issue. And I think it is at that very point that we should say we now need to find an alternative way of being South African. It's not just about that hair only. Mm-hmm. It's also about all the things that make for uh, uh, the quality of life for a child, black or white, in our society. Mm, I, I hear you saying that the, this hair policy issue is, is, is not really the, the, the main issue. It's a symbolic struggle that, that, that you're trying to deal with here. Something that the students articulate very well, the, these young students that have been protesting are saying in a country like South Africa where black South Africans are the demographic majority, should we not have hair policies that, that are in keeping with what the majority of South Africans look like? How are you able to, you know, balance the issue, the, the interests of all South Africans when, when there is a demographic majority saying this policy needs to be in keeping with what we look like? Yes, but then you also need to, the, the, the issue here is that the schools we're talking about have not kept that demographic, that, that demographic profile. Uh, uh, there are very few of the mod, former model schools which have got a black head principals that have got a majority of black teachers. That is not the case. And so the power levers of the schools do not relate to that demographic profile that you're talking about. And that is why we are saying that they need to be accompanied in the direction, you know, uh, just one of the things that we're talking about this morning that you recognize that there was there was a time when you could not walk in certain places in the city of Yablet. You could not sit in the benches of the, of the parks and, and, and increasingly, increasingly, and these were places that were for whites only. And as more blacks come in, you find work whites receding and going to some other places. You find the beaches in Cape Town, for example. There were beaches that began to, uh, because they get flooded with, with, with blacks, whites go to other beaches and there's a cost uh, uh, for getting into those beaches. So these, these things have happened over time. And we're saying that the time has come for South Africa to find a way of bringing everybody together to, to unlearn the past, to learn a future where all of us in our diversity can celebrate each other in a common space. So when and is... we think this is a socialization issue. The mm. schools are the best place for it to happen. We need to, to invest in them for that. Bishop, we only have about 30 seconds left. So when is that going to happen? Where is it going to take place? Well, what we have done as bishops in Pretoria is to make the calls. We are offering ourselves to the to the, to the schools in Pretoria. But we are saying because I also serve as general secretary of the Southern Council of Churches, which has got the Samaritan Prayer for campaign that includes healing and reconciliation. We are making an offer, therefore, at the national level, both to the Minister of Arts and Culture that deals with social cohesion, and to the Minister of Basic Education. But also, we need to be using our spaces in the public media, like the public radio, like yours as well as television. Can you imagine if we use the early morning slot alongside the prayer time to do something about reconciliation that builds races and creating spaces to listen to each other's experiences in terms of different races? We will make some distance, but I think what we are calling for is the opportunity to discuss mechanisms in which we can actually all make these investments. Bishop, thank you so much for your time. Bishop Malusi Mpulwana is the Secretary General of the South African Council of Church.